You're listening to The Power of Us on Revolver Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to The Power of Us. This is Abel. Hi, this is Rosie. And today we have a different topic, not so much about marriage, but more about life. Well, I think it has to do with with marriage because if one of the partners is going through this or in anything in True. marriage, both of them are going to end up going through it. They become one. We become one. So whatever you go through, I kind of go through whether it's directly or indirectly. That's, that's very true. And this is going to be a topic that I think... A lot of people don't like to talk about. Granted, more people are talking about it today, uh, nowadays. But it's something that everybody has gone through. And you broke it down really, really well the other day, babe. And we'll get to that real soon. But uh, the topic today is what, babe? Depression. Depression and anxiety that you may be going through, your partner may be going through, or even your children. It's something that, that happens, you know? And it's something that you don't have to be ashamed of. And one of the things that you did was the other day you broke it down into that there's more than one type of a depression. And that really helped me understand and and feel like, hey, you know what? I think everybody has gone through this. Yeah, well, I mean, there, that I have, from what I have studied, and I don't want to pretend that I'm an expert on depression. Um, I've been through it. And like Abel said, we'll get through that in a little bit. But from what I've studied, from what I've seen, from what I've observed just from friends, um, both Christian and non-Christian, and just from reading materials and what's going on um, in the media right now, there's different types of depression. And there's clinical. And that means that there's a chemical imbalance in the brain. And that, just to begin, is very difficult for some people to understand, especially being a Christian or in our culture. A lot of people think that depression is just feelings, that someone feels sad. Um, and although that is a result or an effect of the depression, the, the depression, the chemical imbalance is real. And we have to sometimes check it. And we have to see if we feel some type of chemical imbalance or if we have a chemical imbalance in other areas because it is real and um, it is an illness and some people are born with it and they don't figure it out till later. Um, it's just as bipolar disorder or uh, other um, illnesses come later on in life. So the one type of depression is a chemical imbalance in the brain. It's, it's you know... Um, uh, well, yeah, that's one way I could say it, medical. Um, this second would be hereditary. So um, in that one, I don't know if there's a chemical imbalance, to be honest, but I do know that sometimes when there is a history of depression in your family, especially your parents, it can be that you um, inherited it. And I don't know if it's spiritual and I don't know if it's that chemical imbalance or if there, I don't think there's a gene that anyone has been discovered. What I know is, is that it is very common if your parents were depressed for you to be depressed. Mm. But it is also, you are also able to break that. So there is hope for you. Don't declare it onto your children or onto yourself. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't want you to start saying that. I just want you to know the knowledge so that you know what to pray for and fight. And the third one is situational depression, which I believe most of us go through, but we don't know how to identify it and how to differentiate between the chemical imbalance and the hereditary depressions. 
Wow, yeah. And I think situational depression is something that, that you go through, obviously, because of your situation that you're in, whether it might be something like a breakup, you know, something that has yeah. to do with relationships and things like that. I think a lot of people right. have gone through that. Uh, relationships have a really big part in which to play, which is why being depressed or, or going through depression in marriage can truly affect your marriage. Right. You know? Exactly. Like, um, for instance, this is an example. And every time I hear a youth or a someone of, of a young age um, uh, going through uh, death, thoughts of death or suicidal thoughts, I always go back to the word. And that's just who Rosie is. And this isn't a preachy podcast, but it's kind of who I am. So that's what I base everything on. But um, so one of the Ten Commandments is if you... Um, honor your mother and your father, you will live long days. So the opposite of that is when you don't honor your mother and your father, your spirit begins to feel that it doesn't live long days, that it shouldn't live long days. And that's when the suicidal thoughts come. And usually suicidal thoughts are tied in with depression. So like my husband said, a lot of um, the depression, the situation of depression that we go through has to do with relationships. God made us to be relational, one with him. That's why he made us. What's the purpose of life? To have a relationship with God and everything in between. And also to have relationship with each other, with your spouse, with your children, with your friends, with your church, with your community. Um, it's, it's about having rich relationships. Um, if you think about it, the, probably the best moments of your life have been with someone. You can mm -hmm. picture yourself laughing with your child or your child um, making you super proud and um, your husband and, and you having a great intimate moment and laughing or, you know, the great memories of your life. You can probably link them to someone and that brings great joy in your yeah. life. While the opposite is, is when there is brokenness, when there is pain, when there is um, sad moments of your life, it is probably linked to a disconnection with someone. For example, when someone passes away, the ones that are left behind go through a type of situational depression. It's called grieving, but it's kind of the same thing. Um, or when there is a breakup, when, when there is a divorce, some people say that it's like dealing with death and wow. that can come with a situ with um depression so i want you if you have been depressed or if you are depressed to think for a second if there has been a certain breakup in relationship that could have led you there yeah definitely uh, i think one of the most important things that we have to make clear is that you don't have to be ashamed to be depressed yeah. you know if you it maybe maybe you're hearing this and maybe you're like damn I, I was probably depressed in 2016 when this this and this happened it's nothing to be ashamed of uh you know depression doesn't mean that you're 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 less of a person weak you know yeah. yeah weak i think i think that's what everybody's scared of everybody's so afraid of of being labeled as i'm not strong enough to handle life therefore i'm depressed right. and that's why i'm never going to say i'm depressed and stuff like that you know what people go through depression and one of the one of the biggest things that just happened recently at least in 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 our christian community or whatnot was there was a pastor here in california mm who committed suicide yeah. and he committed suicide because he was depressed 
Yeah, can you imagine being the pastor of a yeah. church and leading people and and saying from the pulpit or the altar, "I am depressed," or telling mm-hmm. his young children? It must have been very difficult. I don't know the details of that story, but just the fact that it went to suicide um, tells me that he battled with this very long, and he probably battled with it alone. Now um, he was he was a pastor. He was a pastor that was preaching uh, just like the weekend before he killed himself, and like. That that brings me to say that you, you, when you're depressed, you kind of can't stop. You know, uh, not everybody can can afford the time to say, you know what, I'm depressed. I gotta fix this. I gotta just stop what I'm doing. Yeah, and depression then just stop used life. to be like people that used to lay in bed all day, but yeah, a lot of no, us don't have that luxury you anymore. Don't. I think a lot of people are functioning yep. depressed people. Yeah, and that's something that that's understandable. The question is. Are you taking care of yourself or are you just being numb to everything and and you're not seeking help? You're not trying to figure out what the root is. Because I, I think that with situational depression, you need help. But you need help so that people can guide you for you to do it yourself. Because you're not going to do it. Nobody's yeah, going to do it for you. They can't want it Nobody, you. Nobody yeah. can get you out of depression but you. You know, mm, even if good. they want it the same as you, if you don't want it to the point where you want to get out of it, you're not going to get out of it. The only people that can get us out of depression is ourselves. Right. So ourselves with God, ourselves with somebody helping us, whether if it's a therapist or a friend or a person that was in our shoes, etc. But it really has to be us. But just very, very, very well know that, that depression happens and it happens to everybody. And you don't have to be ashamed. Yeah, I mean, a, one story that I have that is near and dear to my heart is John the Baptist story, who was a great man. Um, Jesus himself said it, there is no other prophet that has ever walked the land like John the Baptist. Yeah. He's saying like he's the goat, right? Basically, this is the goat. And Jesus didn't say this to John at any other moment other than when he was depressed. Yeah. And I love that because Jesus could have said it before yeah. and you would have thought like, Oh, you know, it's, it was before the depression when John the Baptist was a goat no. or when he died. Cause everyone speaks of everyone greatly after right. they die. No, Jesus said it in the midst of the very moment when John was doubting the most, John right. went through doubt. John went through fear. John went through anxiety, through questions, through what the heck is going on. Yeah. Is this Jesus really the man we've been looking for? And Jesus, instead of being offended, yeah. just gave him the truth yeah. and and still said he is the greatest man, which leads me to believe that when you're going through depression, it does not take away your value. You are still a great mother. You are still a great wife. You're still a great yeah. human. You're still a child of God. You just happen to be going through this situation right. and this season, and yet there is hope for you. So in, in a sense, your depression doesn't change who you are. Your depression does doesn't change your value. It doesn't change how 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 much you can you you can be productive. It doesn't change any of that. Nothing changes. The only thing that's changed is your your thoughts. Right. You know, and it's something that's going on inside of us that can change. But it doesn't mean that you're no longer an amazing nurse. That right. you're no longer a great uh, singer or a great mom or a great dad or whatever it might be. It no longer means that you are less than the next person next to you. Exactly. It just means that you're going through something right now. And there is hope for you. And, you know, we don't say that lightly. Um, Speaking about depression isn't something that we just speak about because we researched it. I have been through it. 
I have, I have as well. My husband has been through it and we have both been set free and we don't sit here and think, oh, we'll never be depressed again. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a chemical imbalance and I don't think hereditary, I have, there's no, a depression in my family. I think we battle with it, but I don't think I get that from my family. I think it's a lot of situational depression that the Rivera family goes and through. And I feel the exact same way with, with my side of the family. Uh, especially on my dad's side, I think we battle with a lot of situational depression that we never talk about, and mm. uh, we just go through it uh, silently. Yeah. And and that's the issue is that silence it, it can kill you because yeah. you just feel more and more alone. And uh, I, one of the greatest things that I read in the Bible was uh, when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane or whatnot. He was by himself. It was the day before everything was going to go down, where he was going to get lashed and crucified, and and everything was just going to the the prophecy was going to be fulfilled so he he knows what's what's to come and he's in the garden and he's praying and he's on his knees and it says he was he was he was sweating it so badly that his his sweat yeah, was, was was like blood it wasn't blood it was thick as blood that means he was that nervous and and his prayer is what really got to me we're talking about the son of god said father father why have you forsaken me and which in turn says why have you abandoned me why have you left me alone uh, and he said, and you know what Jesus said, like, I am so sad unto death. Like yeah. that, if you think about that, That's if any depressing. of us said it exactly, I am sad enough that I can die. It, it, it's us saying in our terms, I have a broken heart. Yeah. I can die of this pain and think people think like, oh, you're so exaggerating yeah. or, I mean, they don't feel what you feel. Right. So when you say something like that, or when you hear someone say that, don't take it so lightly because you may not understand it, but by God just saying that, you know, God, Jesus was God and man at the same time. By Jesus saying that, you're like, he gets me. Mm-hmm. He knows that I could say my heart is so broken yeah. that I feel that I could die. Yeah. And, and it's not an exaggeration. And, you know what, later on, as we, you know, we always have a solution or homework for you guys. The second part of our show will be as a couple. How do you fight? Right. Because it, it has a lot to do with it. How you're going to heal and be set free and come out of depression. If you have a partner, whether it's a husband or a wife, it can be, I, I don't know, someone super close to you, a best friend, a mentor, a pastor. It can be, um, you know, someone in your life that you have given influence over and they can be a big part of your healing. And Abel and I will get to that later. But what I was thinking about depression also, um, si- situational depression um, like my husband said, it has a lot to do with relationship mm-hmm. and it also has to do with not feeling good enough, right? Yeah. Like if you've ever been through depression, um, like I have, my thoughts during depression were, I'm just not good enough. When my suicidal thoughts would come, when my feelings of giving up would come, whether it was giving up on my marriage or giving up on life or even giving up being my daughter's mother, mm-hmm. I used to think when I wanted to kill myself was Casey would be better without me. I am so bad and I am so messed up that Casey's life would literally be better if she was with growing up with my mother or my sister or something. So it has a lot to do with how we feel about ourselves. And that can be the situation in your life probably left you hopeless Mm -hmm. or that you planned something your whole life. You planned this career. Exactly. You planned this marriage. You planned having 3.5 kids or you planned something and then it didn't work out. And your whole life you thought, if I have this, 
I will be happy. And I, I, you said something very key is that you plan this marriage. And I think marriage never works out the way we think it's going to yeah. work out, you know? Um, I think, I, I really don't think marriage works out like even, <laughs> even like 70%. I mean, like even 30% of yeah, the way. You have all these like expectations, yeah. ideals. No, yeah. And, that, and then you have no idea. And that no. doesn't mean it's bad. No. It just means it's different than what you imagined. Correct. Um, sometimes I think it's deeper and richer than what we imagined. You know, we imagine like a lot of laughing and vacations and then marriage becomes a lot of like deep going through stuff yeah, together like and getting through it victories together. Yeah. that you didn't even imagine. But obviously yeah. for victories, you need battles. And I think it's the battles you didn't mm. imagine. But it, it's planning for something and then it being wiped out in a second. Wow. And I think that becomes super scary when, when you work for something 10, 15 years and then it's just gone in a second. I think that does something to us. Yeah. And um, I went through it, obviously, when my sister passed away. I was a functioning depressed person for about two or three years. I just worked my butt off through it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't admit it. And my depression came out as anger. So depression isn't always someone that lays in bed all day. Um, depression com can come in different ways. Mine came out in anger and I start noticing that Abel's depressed when he starts sleeping a lot. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, all right, babe, like, I know you're tired. You could take like, you know, one day when you just catch up on all your sleep, that's common for my husband. But when it's two or three days, or when he just doesn't want to talk about anything and all he wants to do is sleep or or space out, then I know. So as a wife, I think you can help your husband because he will speak about it less. I think it's more common for women to express it than for a man to express it, especially because I know my husband and his family, they don't speak about things. It's something general about them. Um, and I think men in general, um, that... If you start noticing that your husband is more silent than usual, more distracted in a sense where he just doesn't really want to do anything, he kind of just wants to sleep or space out, like not even the the, the soccer games or not even the kids' events, um, not even like something great happening at work or, or vice versa, like nothing really brings him joy and he's just kind of down or more down or more quiet than usual, then maybe you can let him know, hey, husband, I think you're depressed because that's kind of what happens with you mm. and I yeah definitely you know I get very anti I get even more anti-social I think uh, but those are definitely things that, that happen you know you just want to be alone you just want to be alone you just want to be alone and going back to that moment going back to Jesus in that garden he said why have you forsaken me and, and he says I, I could die almost pretty much from the sadness that gave me that comforted me to know that that God that Jesus went through that you know, Jesus became human. He was also God at the same time. And he was the son of God. But that just goes to show you that you, you're not weak because you go through right. situational depression. It happens. And, and that's okay. And know that there are great people that have gone through it. From David in the Bible to to um, to John and even Jesus. Elijah. Elijah. Yeah. There's so many great people that do amazing things. That, that And it doesn't even matter where you are in life. Yeah. I've gone through situational, situational depression where I, where I haven't achieved what I wanted to achieve. And, and I became depressed. But there are many people that are that have already achieved what they want. That are quote-unquote successful. And that have already, and that have gone through depression after the fact. 
There's there's all these things. It doesn't matter where you are in your life. It can hit anybody at any time right. for any reason. Whatever can really just mess you up emotionally. It happens, and there's nothing to be ashamed of. Right. And especially it, as like a, as a believer, whatever religion you may have, whether it's Catholicism or or Judaism, Christianity, some of us have been taught like if you really believe and if you have faith, yeah. you should never be depressed. You cannot be depressed. A true Christian can never be depressed. That's a lie. Yeah, that is a lie because Elisha and and John the Baptist and Jesus. I I can't say Jesus was depressed, but he was expressing the same thing we yeah. said. So maybe he was trying to show us, like, I feel what you feel. I get you. And because I get you, I can represent you and I can heal you from it. So when, you know, what I love about Jesus and, and Gethsemane is when he was like, like sweating something as thick as drops of blood, um, when he knew what was coming, when he was scared, when he was sad unto death, when his friends were sleeping rather than praying with him, the greatest thing about him is that he just got up. Yeah. He 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 was on his knees talking to his dad. And then he just got up and said, "Hey, the time has come." Mm-hmm. I think that is so beautiful that I think sometimes when people are depressed, they don't see their strength. Yeah. When I know that there's a person that is depressed and yet they get up every morning, that is a victory in itself. And uh-huh. I think sometimes when we're depressed or right before there's this depression, there can be this being numb or not being able to feel joy that that's right before the depression where all you feel is the sadness but when you're going through a sad moment situational depression or or just a difficult situation where you know you're not depressed but man it's hard but you still get up and dress your kids and go to work and go to church and do what you have to do you celebrate that Celebrate that because it is a huge victory. Mm -hmm. It is huge because everyone else, it could have gone differently. You could have stayed in the dark. You could have stayed alone. So that's what I want you to do is while you are depressed, if you're going through depression, like my husband said, know where the root came from. Know where the breakup came. Know where the, 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 the relational breakup came. Was it your mother? Was it your father? Wow. Um, if, if you're feeling less, because sometimes depression is me not feeling good enough, please know that the Bible also acknowledges that. Um, John, the Pap- John the Baptist was supposed to be a priest. His mama was a priest. His daddy was a priest. And wow. here he is, so true. this crazy prophet. And I mean, crazy with all due respect to, you know, the goat of prophets, but he was like eating locusts and honey and he wouldn't cut his hair and he was out in the desert and saying this crazy message that no one had heard. Now we think it's cool, but back then everyone must have thought he was this weirdo and imagine what his parents thought. Mm -hmm. You didn't meet my expectations. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're a lawyer, you want your kid to be a lawyer. If you're a singer, you want your kid to be a singer or whatever. And that's what he was supposed to do by their culture. Whatever your parents were, that's what you became. So both of his parents are priests. He's supposed to become a priest. Everyone expects him to become a priest. And he becomes this prophet that no one likes. Like the people he was speaking to, you know, the the teachers, uh, the the people, the, the Jewish people, they didn't accept him. They thought it was crazy. So I believe John the Baptist's depression came with him not meeting expectations, not the people's, not his parents, not his cultures, not his religions, and eventually not himself because he started to doubt and think, did I get this right? Or did I do it all wrong? Mm. You know, he's, he's more than like, 
questioning Jesus, he I think he was questioning himself. And I think when you get and the depressed, decisions you made, yeah. That's what you do. Like, did I do this right? Did back, I handle yeah. it right? You it was back. me. We we blame ourselves so hard when it was probably just the situation. Right. The breakup was probably supposed to happen. But we start saying, no, it was me. I did this. I messed it up if so I bad. I was that. horrible. He oh. deserves a better woman. If I was better, if I was thinner, if I was younger, if I was smarter, if I was nicer, if I was cuter. And then that's where the depression comes. Mm -hmm. Because we don't meet our own expectations or the world's expectations. So before we take our break, I'll let you know what John did um, and what we should do in our marriage. John asked for help. Being who he was, being the goat, he said, I need help. I'm going to ask for help. So I'm going to tell you to please ask for help. Yeah. Please ask someone of influence for help. Please ask someone that will genuinely believe you and help you. Ask someone who, has, who can do something for you. Um, like my husband said, it, it's going to be you. It's you and God. But you can ask for help for people to give you the tools that right. you're going to use to build yourself back up again. Whether if it's encouragement, advice, or whatever it might be, it's your choice to get out of the depression. Right. But you definitely need help. Everybody always needs help. At so some what point. John did is he got two of his disciples and he said, hey, go talk to Jesus. My doubts are need, yeah. because um, according or regarding Jesus. Um, so go ask Jesus these questions. I have questions. Please know that your questions are valid. Yeah. That your dark thoughts aren't that crazy. That no one, that the person that loves you should not judge your dark thoughts as dark as they may be. That it's very scary to let someone know the darkness that lies within you and the crazy things that you may be thinking. But someone that loves you will not push them away, will not disregard them. They will validate them and say, I don't have the answer for you other than I would feel that way too. And, uh, you know, John the Baptist went and asked Jesus for help and Jesus gave him the help. And all Jesus did was give him the truth. You know, John, what Jesus told him was, hey, John, I'm healing people and I can heal you too. Mm. It's basically what he was saying. The blind see, the deaf hear, and, and that is available for you too. And I think that's the biggest thing with depression is you lose all hope and you see good things happening for other people, but you think they can't happen to me. Either I ruined it or I'm not worth it or I don't deserve it. And I want you to know today that they can, that that job can be for you, that you can get into that school, that your children will be great, that you will be a good mom, that your marriage can be healed and can become healthy again, that, you, that all the hope that is in the world for someone else is available to you. You have the same 24 hours in a day and you have the same value as that person and it can be available to you, especially when it comes to God. God is ready and willing to give you the exact same thing that he gives to someone else. And Jesus also told John, um, hey, I I get how you feel because I don't meet people, people's expectations. Mm. You know, um, no one was accepting Jesus. Not uh, Well, I don't want to say no one. Um, his own people weren't accepting him. He went to Jerusalem and everyone hated him. Um, they didn't. He went to Nazareth and everyone laughed at him because even when he was showing miracles, they were saying, I know you. I know where you come from. I know your mama. Like, you can't be this great Messiah. You just can't. So they didn't believe in Jesus. And I think he felt like, I don't meet their expectations. They were expecting someone more handsome, maybe someone stronger, um, maybe someone more firm as a leader or a different type of king. So what Jesus told John the Baptist was, hey, 
I know I, I wasn't what you expected, but you still believe. And so he was telling him, I know what it feels like to not meet people's expectations. And uh, God knows that. And he feels that. And I just want you to know that, that when you feel that you're not meeting someone's expectations, that God has himself has felt that too. Um, so we're going to go on to a break. And then after, we're going to talk about how you can help your partner if they're going through depression. And how you, if you are the partner in depression, how you can not put a strain on your marriage mm, or to the good. very least that you possibly can. We'll be right back. We talk about a lot of issues here, babe. But one of the issues that we haven't talked about is the fact that you like to steal my socks. It's not stealing if what's mine is yours and what's yours is mine. I can't find a pair of socks to save you my life. You need to learn how to share. Mm. Anyway, I got the solution. It's called bombas. Really? Like bomb, 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 bomb socks. I'm bomb. telling you, they're bomb. They're awesome. And they are super comfortable and they are really, really cute. And they have no shows and they have knee highs and they have your boring socks, which are black. And they have happy socks, which are Casey's, like pink and orange and all these colors. They even have socks for little Eli, dude. So he has little no shows. That's perfect for us then, I guess. The cotton is amazing. It's bombas.com slash Rosie. You guys can go and get a pair today, 20% off. When you use my name, R O S I E. And when they buy a pair, they donate a pair. Wow, this is perfect. This so is perfect you for can us. complain. So Go ahead and say you need socks. Hopefully they donate them to me to I'm make up for all the socks I'm going to buy you a grip of bombas for Christmas. That's it. And Father's Day and every day of the year. Your awesome. birthday is going to come up. Again, guys, that's bombas.com slash Rosie. Promo code is Rosie. R-O-S-I-E. See ya. This is The Power of Us. And today we are talking about anxiety and depression. And now we're going to cover marriage. Yes. What do you do? When your partner is depressed, like, how do you mm. handle it? How do you help them? It is something that has to be dealt very delicately. Yeah. When you're on the, the let's call it the, the good side or the non-depressed side, when you're the one that's okay and the other person isn't, you have to be very, very delicate. Yeah. And, and geez, I think you have to get to a point of selflessness in that time. Yeah. And saying like, hey, you know what? My partner is not okay. She's not okay. And and I'm gonna be understanding if she can't give me back. Yeah, I, it's gonna become it's gonna it's gonna get to a point of where you're giving, you're giving, you're giving, you're giving, you're yeah. helping, you're helping, you're helping, and you're not getting anything. And you're back. not getting anything back. Why? Because they can't right they now. They can't. They can't even give to themselves. Yeah, and, it's not that they don't want to. It's that they can't. Yeah, they physically can't. And uh, you know, Abel and I have been through it before on both ends. Um, Abel, when he gets depressed, like I said, he's just like sleepy and, and, and doesn't really want to talk and is a little more antisocial, but he also pops out of it quicker than I do. You know, I tell him and I'm like, hey, babe, I think you're depressed. And he'll think about it. He'll be like, all right, let me see. And then he's a few days later, he's like, you know what? I think you were right. And and then I, I see him like come back to life kind of. I don't know how you do it, mm -hmm. to be honest, babe. I think I really don't know. How'd you do it? I, you know what? With me, like I said, it's situational depression. And I think a lot of things can get me depressed just like that. Just I, I got a snap. Really? I see something and I'm like, damn. Like, I, I can't stare hard at, at people's successes mm. that are in my same lane because I'm like, 
okay, what did I do wrong? I start breaking down my whole plan and everything that I've done so far to try to be successful. And I start breaking down. I'm like, dude, I did terrible. Now I'm depressed because of it. Mm, so you and then you compare yourself and then you beat yourself comparison up. Comparison is the worst thing that you yeah, can possibly dude, do. It kills joy. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's what happens. And I go through these situational depressions and then I don't realize it, but I start just getting really dark and just start getting really distant from everybody, from my friends to church to my family, you know? I think with the kids, I try to be happy, but I also get very moody really quick. Mm. And then with you, I just kind of just back away further and further and further and Why further Why do you think away. you back away? Do you, like if you're going through something and, and, I, mm. and you know it's you, like... I think we back away just because it's our nature. I, I've seen it happen to my closest friends where they just back away because you just want to be alone. Do you think... And, and it's, like, it's not like I want to be alone and think. I just want to be alone and I want it to be silent. And that that's what the worst part is. And I, and I know that that but drives you crazy. But what are you, you avoiding? Because I ask you because I think that when I get depressed, I want to be alone because I don't want to continue messing things up. Now, I don't think that's that's the case with me. I get you, though. And that makes perfect sense when you say that on your end. But with me, I, I just I want to be alone because I don't I don't want to I don't want to quote unquote play the game anymore. Mm. I don't want to. I don't want to do life for wow. for a bit. Yeah. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's why I like to be alone when I get through these situational depressions where I don't have to play this game of okay, work, work, work. We're gonna work hard. We're gonna work hard because one day it's gonna pay off. We're sowing seeds and doing I this. I know what you mean. It's a thing when like you know you're gonna fail. Then why why do it? Yeah. And and wives, I have read this in a book. Oh my god, it was like a light bulb went off it was a marriage book and it said that sometimes us wives we nag a lot and we don't think enough and we make our husbands feel like they're set up for failure every single day wow you know so if they're set up for failure every single day guess what they're gonna do they're not gonna try harder the way you think they are they're just gonna give up like if you keep saying i can put the light bulb or it it, you know it takes uh, a woman let a woman do a man's job and you keep saying stuff like that and you keep putting him down and putting him down and you set him up for failure because even if he put the light bulb on right you're gonna find something you don't like or you could have done it better he's just going to give up so women please don't do that bite your tongue a little bit more pray more and if he didn't do it the way you would have done it, then either you do it, girl, or give him the grace to do it the way he feels is okay because the light is still going to come on. So um, let's not let's not make our husbands feel that no matter what they do, they're going to fail because mm. that could lead to depression. Yeah. Um, so one of the, that's one of the ways that I go through is through comparison. And the other one is through just situations that happen, you yeah. know, whether if it's you lost your job. Yeah. Um, when you lose your job or, or when you, let's say you, you don't like the way you look, you feel like you, you, you yeah. look at an old picture or something like that comparison again, you know, yeah. it's just about, it's just about, that's good. Cause you're comparing yourself to your older self. That's yeah. good. Or, or you look back and you're like, dude, I had a lot of these dreams when I was young and they're all gone now. Yeah. So many times we, we just, we screw ourselves up, you know, sometimes so life doesn't even have mind. to do it. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's everything is in the mind. Honestly. Both if we want to if we want to get into depression and get out of it. So then we when we ask for help, how can our friends 
help us with our minds. Like, so I'm, I'm going to go back to John the Baptist. He asked Jesus the question and then accepted his answer. Yeah. Because sometimes you're going to ask the question and someone's going to give you an answer and it might not be the sweetest, nicest answer, but it's the truth. And you have to learn to believe the truth, whether it's that there's hope for you, that healing is available for you, that it's going to get better, that, you know, all those things, you have to believe them. You have to at least try to believe them. Yeah. Try because people that love you won't lie to you. They're not just sugarcoating things. They're not just saying things that sound good. They are really, really helping you. And when you start to believe them, it really, really, really helps. And I have an example, a perfect example, and I'll never, ever, ever forget it. Abel and I got married uh, 2011, July 2011. And uh, it was, I had been dreaming of this since I was seven. So it, it was amazing. I was super, super happy. I was married to the man that I had chosen and he had chosen me. We loved each other. Um, we had fought for each other. We had a gorgeous wedding and uh, it was great. You know, we had our, our first home and uh, we were renting and but it was great um and then in something was going on outside of our marriage with family members that went terribly wrong all of a sudden and a relationship two relationships that I had cultivated my whole life were all of a sudden gone so um that made me super duper depressed and it kind of the it kind of snuck up on me because I was going through the situation for a few months um before we got married and then about November of 2011, Abel and I hadn't even been married six months, um, I got super, super duper depressed. And it really surprised me because I was at the greatest time of my life. And I'm sure it surprised my husband because he knew that this is what I wanted. So it must have confused him. What do I do with this depressed wife? So um, we he we decided to do it together. I love Abel so much because he didn't leave me alone. I was at one of those depressions where it was very, very tough to get out of bed. And uh, I told Abel, I asked for help. And do you remember what you used to do? I remember I, I th think I would whisper in your ear or mm -hmm. something like that in the mornings. Yeah, every morning. And it's... I. I it, you do, I don't know if you knew how powerful that was. No. I didn't know how powerful that was. But now being on the other side, it was so super duper powerful because Abel woke up at three to go to work. I woke up around seven to take Casey to school and I didn't want to get up. Mm -hmm. I could still cry, not because I'm depressed, but because of how deep the pain was of, of, of the darkness. It's It's incredible and it's real. And that's why I don't speak about this lightly. Um, depression is a hundred percent real. Mm. And I remember it hit, you know, my alarm would go off and I would start this battle of, I can't do it. I can't, I can't get up. It's too hard. It's going to be bad. I'm going to get hurt. I'm going to hurt. Like it was just bad. And, uh, but Abel before, when he would leave at three 30 in the morning, he would whisper in my ear, today's going to be a good day, babe. You're going to get through it. Whatever happens, you're going to be okay. I'm with you and Casey's with you and God's with you. And uh, whatever happens today, you're not going to do it alone. I'm with you. Just call me. Just text me. He would just, every day was just honest words from a man that loved me, whispering words of encouragement into my ear. So right. I was half asleep and half awake. I never answered. I just kind of received them. Yeah. And then when I started battling a few hours later at seven in the morning, I would take those words. No, today's going to be a good day. Yeah. Like I would just repeat them, repeat what you had said 
believing them or mm-hmm. trying to believe them because I know it can be really hard. And then I'd get out of bed and I'd do everything for my kid and I didn't want her to see. She was about eight or nine, so I didn't want her to see that I was depressed. But every day we'd get into that car and uh, I'd turn on the same worship song. So it has a lot to do with what's coming into your ear. Yeah. I had a great person, a great friend, a great husband that was feeding positive words into me. And I think that's honestly the key. That's the best thing and the best advice that we can give you. You know, it, it, she already shared pretty much both of the advices that, that we can give you guys. And that's if you're on the end, that it's okay, that you're okay, you're not depressed. The best thing you can do is feed into them. Yeah. Is one, remind them who they are because right. they have That's definitely good. forgotten That's who they so are. Good. They forgot the great person that they are. They forgot all the accolades that they've done. They forgot everything that they've done that that, that, that has helped people, mainly your family, you know. They forgot how, how amazing of a person they are. So you have to remind them who they are, yeah. both in the past, in the present, and in the future. Mm-hmm. You know, Serena Williams, I just watched, we just watched a documentary. Being uh, Serena, so good, on HBO. We just watched a documentary on her, and she was struggling, she was struggling. Her coach was a jerk. Well, not a jerk. He, he was, was just firm, he very was firm. hard. All he loved was tennis, and he was, in a sense, he was basically saying, dude, tennis is more important than your family. Yeah, that's In crazy. a sense. But I get him. You know, that's what he, that's what he's there for. He's, he's not there to, to be, to be her, her help her, her marriage family. counselor. Yeah. yeah. So, but I mean, long story short, she was doubting herself. She, I wouldn't say she was depressed, but she was doubting herself a lot. And he kept telling her that, that you are number one. Yeah. You like she, but at this point she, she was, she had just had her baby. So she had lost her ranking. She was no longer number one. She was actually 500. Four, yeah. And 492. To something be like exact. that. Yeah. In the world. And she, he was, he was basically telling her, it, it's not over for you. Despite the fact that you are in, in your, I think it was late thirties by then or, yeah, or, or mid thirties. He was telling her, despite the fact you are this and there are 18 year olds and 17 year olds that are playing, you are still number one in the world. And what he and used to be. say was, you keep practicing like this, mm. you keep doing this and you'll be unbeatable. Yeah. You keep doing this and it will be very hard to beat you. Like I, I took those words yeah. because it is consistency. Yeah. It is you trying to just continue to do what you do. That's why I told you guys, if you still get up in the morning, you mark that as a victory yeah. because you are still doing what you're supposed to do, even though you don't feel like yeah. it. And there were words of encouragement that weren't sugarcoating, that weren't lying to right? her. Nope. He did not tell her that she is number one right now. Yeah. He was telling her that she can be number one. You keep that doing that. You still have doing. it in you. Yep. That you ha- that you can do be this. You can do that. If you it was pull gonna out take of this. work. Yes. And it was gonna take consistent work. And it was gonna take her believing in herself. And and she had to rebuild her mind mm-hmm. while she was rebuilding her body. So what we what we can do is help our partner, help our friend, help our mom, our dad, our brother, whatever it might be, and encourage them. Encourage them, encourage them. Tell them about their past. And how the great things that they've done, their their relative present, and then and despite the fact that they're in their present, that their future can be better. Right. That they can do greater things that they've done in the past. Yeah. You know, and that they can't that, that they don't they they don't need to give up. And you can you can encourage them to just become a better person. Right. And to and to snap out of this and to get through this and stuff like that. And remind them that you don't see them any weaker, right. any lesser. I right. mean, especially if it's a man or a woman that's su- always been super strong, and you're not gonna say, "Oh, you're not the woman I used to think They're you still were." The no, same person. it is the same person. You value them the same. You love them the same. You treat them with the same dignity 
dignity yep. and respect, um, that is going to help a lot because they're going to be reminded like, oh, I'm, I'm still me. Yeah. I'm going through something. This is a season. This is an illness. This is a feeling. This is everything that depression is. But I am still me. My value has not diminished because yeah. I am going through this. And now, just to be quite honest with you, you have to really be delicate with it. But yes, tough love does work sometimes. Yes. You just have to really figure out when you're going to use that card and don't just only use that card because that's yeah. just going to kill them. Yeah. But yeah, tough love of shaking them up and, and being like, snap out of this and you well, tough stop love, doing this. The foundation like of tough love is love, yeah. is that you've shown tenderness and, right. and support and you've been there and yeah. then you can get tough. You can't just be tough nah, without the love. because then you're just a love. jerk and then they're yeah. going to shut you out even more. Yeah. And then if you're on the opposite side, if you right now you're listening to us and you're like realizing that you're going that you're going through depression, situational depression or whatever it might be, you know, you have to be vulnerable enough to believe. Yeah. Nobody's just doing this just so that they can have a better life and get rid of you and be done with you just so you can get they can, you can get over it. They really care about you and they really yeah. love you. They don't they don't want you. They're not going to lie to you. They don't want you to fail. They don't want you to just shut up and st and stop being depressed and stop being a burden or stop being sad to look at. They love you and they want you to be the happy you that you were. They want you to be the happy you that you are deep down inside. And you have to believe what they're telling you. Yeah. As much as you don't. Whether it's you about you yourself. or about the future or about the hope. Yeah. Believe it. You know, um, that's Jesus, the best advice. Jesus Christ reminded John the Baptist of who Jesus was, mm -hmm. and then he reminded him of who John was. Yeah, and we need both. We need to know that there is a real solution, a real God, a real hope, and that then us we remind ourselves of our value, yeah. of where it comes from. It doesn't. It doesn't come from the money you just lost mm -hmm. or the bank account that's probably empty. It doesn't come with the scale. It yeah. doesn't come with the accolades or the diploma or whatever you may have lost. You may have lost something. Yes, in life we lose. We all lose. But that doesn't mean that you lost any value. And as long as you're breathing, you can try again. And today can be that day for you. Yeah. So appreciate your partner wherever they are whether you're the healthy one and they're depressed right now or vice versa appreciate that you are not alone and if you don't have a marriage partner if you're single look for a friend a good friend mm. um look for for help search for help accept the help receive the help and please do your homework because sometimes when we're depressed and our counselors and our mentors and our friends and our husbands tell us to do something and then you don't please do Please do it. If they tell you to stop listening to sad music, yeah. if they tell you to stop looking at, I don't know, death on TV or only listening to the news, because sometimes the news itself can be depressing. Yeah. Sometimes you got to shut it off. Um, if, if you're not doing your homework by listening to motivational speeches or positive music, literally two things, three things set me free. My husband's um, words inside my ear every morning. I went to the word of God. I read Joel 2. Um, it just set me free and constantly every day listening to a worship song that reminded me of who I was and where I could be and that I was worthy of love and that I was going to get through it every single day. I think my daughter Casey just, I don't know if she hears it again, she'll know. Um, but that's what I did and I was consistent and I worked hard and, and I wanted to get out of it. And then one day everything just broke 
just broke. It surprised me how how everything just broke. So I, I want you to know that there's hope for you. Yeah. And be appreciative of your the people in your life and know that you're valued. And before we go, I just want to pray. Yeah. I want to pray for them. Really quick, though, before you pray, babe, just know that, one, you're not alone. Two, this isn't going to last forever. Yes. It's going to be a, a, a season, a time period, but it does not have to take over your entire life for the rest of it. Mm. And and there is there is light at the end. If you're struggling or something like that, if you might be going through suicidal thoughts and things like that, please seek yes. even deeper help. Uh, yeah. I think that there is, uh, I'm sure you can Google the, the suicide hotline. If you need somebody to talk to, please do so. Right. Because you are not alone and you do not have to lose your life just because of something that's situational. Because situations can change. Yes. And although it might be bad right now, it's going to be good again. Yes. Go ahead. And with that, um, let's go ahead and pray. Wherever you are, just connect with uh, yourself and with God. We thank you, God. We just thank you. We thank you for the good things. And there may only be three or four good things going on right now, but yet there are good. And we believe that you continue to be good. So thank you for those good things in our life, be it our kids, our health, our spouse, our mother, our, our career. Um, just thank you. Because you always send good things. The situation is difficult. Depression is real. God, it hurts. And, and I remember the pain and I know that that pain is real and it's raw and it burns. And it seems like there is no hope, but I speak into your spirit right now, reminding you that there is hope. That anyone that puts their hope in God shall not be ashamed. Depression will not beat you. Death will not overcome you. These long, dark days will become short and bright. They will be like summer days. I declare that the winter will end, that it is a season, that it is a situation that will find a solution. And even if there were no solution, you will overcome because you have a God that would uplift you. I declare grace over your life, grace to stand up every morning and continue to work. I declare peace over your life because the opposite of depression is peace, peace that's yes passes all understanding peace that only the prince of peace can give you and since the world didn't give you this peace it cannot take it away fight for your peace live for your peace enjoy your peace i bless you and i declare healing over your life in the name of the lord jesus amen amen this is the power of us thank you for joining us today see you next week we'll see you later
El mundo enfrenta una pandemia. Encuentre respuestas y acceda a información veraz y confirmada en el especial de NTN24 sobre coronavirus COVID-19. Escuche los contenidos de NTN24 en su plataforma de podcast favorita. Hola, my name is Enrique Santos, presentador de Tu Mañana y On The Move. Quiero invitarte a escuchar mi nuevo podcast, Hola, my name is, donde hablo con artistas, líderes de nuestra comunidad y personas como tú. Mi meta es que juntos conozcamos más sobre los triunfos y las derrotas de mis invitados y que a través de sus historias nos empoderen y nos motiven a superarnos. Lanzamos el show con Jay Balvin. He's awesome. Un artista colombiano que ha revolucionado la música latina y que sigue superando récords mundiales. Él nos cuenta abiertamente sobre sus inicios, el secreto de su éxito y los aprendizajes que lo ayudan a preservar su autenticidad. A partir de este martes, 7 de abril, podrás acompañarme todas las semanas a conocer más a fondo a un invitado especial. Puedes encontrar mi podcast en la aplicación digital de iHeartRadio, la descargas gratis o en donde prefieras escuchar tus podcasts. Hola, my name is The Podcast a partir de este 7 de abril.